G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another shit show, <laughs> Guitar Wank Podcast, here we go baby, this is 99, episode 99i, for incredible, uh, I for idiots, I for, doesn't matter what size for, we can sit here forever, but I gotta, I gotta bring to our attention um, a lovely email that I got. And um, and I do appreciate it. This guy went into great detail. How um, Neil, good on you, Neil. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Neil Boland, bloody ripper, mate. You wrote me this great email. As I I think I expressed last week when I said 99 H, I say it with a hurt. And um, well, Neil uh, proceeded to write me a lovely email explaining that uh, now this pronunci- pronunciation of the letter. H, you cannot be 100% correct on this when arguing with Americans or anyone else, for that matter. <laughs> and then it just goes into a long, long uh, thing here to basically... I don't know if it's to rip me a new asshole just to set me straight. H is, is seen to be associated with Irish Catholic immigrants coming to Australia during our first hundred years of settlement, who were considered the lowest class... At the time. In other words, they were seen to be butchering the colonist language. It's like, seriously, it's like four paragraphs of three, four paragraphs explaining to me how I don't know what he's explaining, but I do appreciate it. And yes, I am that lowest class. I am considered lowest class. Yes. I didn't come from Irish uh, descent, I come from Scottish. A fucking squat mate. Isn't that great? But, um, yeah, I butcher the language. I, I do butcher everything. You, you guys know that. But it's part of the charm. Um, so there you go. So, yeah, I, bullshit, I butcher everything. But, Neil, I do appreciate you pointing all this out. I should post it on the website. Uh, yeah, Australians, you know. And you're probably Australian, and I know you speak a lot better than I do, mate. But, you know never thought I was going to be a podcaster, right? So, you know, what are you going to do? But anyway, so anyway, thanks, Neil, for pointing that out to me, mate, that uh, basically I suck dog balls for my pronunciations. But you know what? You're not paying for it. And uh, God, and I'm not even getting paid to change things in 2018. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another great show. This should be a lot of fun, right? Uh, I hope you had a great week. The emails have been fantastic. Even Neil's. I do appreciate that. Anyone to take the time to write all that stuff. And it's, uh, I, I guess I do have a Melbourne accent. Well, I come from the bush. I come, I come from a town two hours outside of Melbourne called Trelogan, which is Aboriginal for Little Creek. Um, so there you go. That's, that's where I come from. So I'm probably a Melbourne accent two hours out in the bush so you know I was talking to kangaroos growing up and koala bears and all that kind of stuff so that's why I speak so funny mate um, so this week we got another fantastic episode with the legendary can I say yeah legendary Adam Levy and um, yeah I really enjoyed Adam on the show he's a great bloke and I really dig 
the tunes that he uh, sent me too. They were a lot of fun. I actually I threw one at the end of this because you've already heard them, but I threw them at the end of this episode. You can listen to them again. But please reach out to Adam. Uh, I'm sure you can find him wherever on the networks, on the internets, and uh, ask him about his tunes. I think one of them was called uh, Got My Joy. The other one was called Too Many Guitars. And the other one was called I Love Paris, I think, if I rightly remember. Something like that. Um, yeah, I Love Paris. I think that was the last one last week. Someone asked about that anyway. So um, there you go. A uh, couple other things. Really, we've got not a lot this week. We might as well just jump straight into it. Thank all our sponsors, Wire World Priority Cables. Remember, go to their website, check out their stuff. They've got a bunch of new cables out. Really excited about that stuff, and they're doing great work, saving the planet one cable at a time. Uh, Dear Dario, Jimmy Dunlop, oh God, I gotta catch up with you guys. Exotic pedals, gotta go to you guys too. John, sir, he's a good bloke. I like John, and uh, just seems like a good bloke. Makes badass guitars. I gotta say, I'm just, I'm gonna have to get one. How many times do I have to introduce you or talk about your company, John, and uh, and and just to say how wonderful it is until I get a free guitar? <laughs> I'm figuring maybe another thousand episodes, and maybe maybe I'll just get like a, a second-hand thing he built. I don't know, but it would be nice. He bloody makes great instruments. Um, yeah, so there you go. Bruce is. Uh, He's back on the mend. I actually talked to him today, and he sounded a lot better. We didn't lose him to the flu, thank God. Touch and go there for a second, ladies and gentlemen. He was he was definitely down for the count. He was in a bad way, but he's a strong bloke. He's a cowboy, and that wasn't going to take him out. So uh, very happy about that. He's back gigging, and I believe he was had a Richard... I wanted to say a Richard Marks concert tonight, but that would be completely wrong because it was a Richard Smith concert in Carmel area. Bruce had set him up with a gig, so Richard was down there playing a gig. But it would have been really funny if Bruce had been a Richard Marks concert. That would be fucking hilarious. But um, I'd like to go to Richard Marks concert. I like Richard Marksy. Um, yeah, so Bruce will be back in town next week, so we'll, we'll have a new one. Uh, Scott, I don't know where the fuck Scott is. I don't even know if he's... He's, where is he? Scott, where are you? Like, uh, Guitar Wank, you want to do one or what? <laughs> we should do that. We've got one more left of Danielle. I believe we're going to have the concert um, with Danielle and Bruce because Bruce was sick. We had to reschedule. Uh, concert on the 21st of February. So, the 21st, uh, look up in your calendars what night that is. And uh, we have all the people that bought tickets hanging on to those tickets so they've they've got their seats but we have i don't know maybe five six seven i don't know we have a few tickets left so if you want to come to a great show it's gonna be a badass night we're gonna have wine and hors d'oeuvres and uh and more wine and hors d'oeuvres and it'll be fun we get to hang out it's an intimate setting and you just get to hear these two amazing talented beautiful people play it's a lot of fun always a lot of laughs and uh, i highly recommend it so if you want to go you're in town you're in los angeles on the february 21st you can get tickets by just contacting us at gmail guitarwank at gmail.com and uh 
we'll, we'll hook you up. And remember to do the three things. A lot of people are doing the three things. So excited that so many people are doing the three things. So excited that Troy is going to have to collect all the names and print them out and then probably cut them out and then put them all in a hat so uh, one of the old guys can pick it out of a hat. So I'm excited about that process. But I will make sure that if you have emailed me, your name will be in that hat. And I want to make sure everyone gets a fair shot at uh, all the prizes we are giving away, which... Where do I begin, folks? There, there's so many. Lots of from Wireworld. We've got stuff from Fender. Um, John Sir is giving away nothing as yet. I need to contact John. Maybe he'll throw us something. But um, yeah, lots of fun stuff. So anyway, it's going to be a big show. When is that show? You keep asking me, Troy. Do we have to go through the alphabet? Well, at the moment we do. <laughs> we are going through the alphabet. Ninety-nine I. Uh, for idiot, <laughs> we will get to a hundred. I just need to uh, to talk to the fellas and work out who we're going to have on the show. We want to make it a big deal, so don't stress. Everyone's in it to win it. Keep you don't get your knickers in a knot. Keep your panties on, mate. It's all good. You. You're in the running for a prize. So uh, if you've emailed me, you've done the three things. Troy, what are the three things so I can enter? Well, Troy, I'll tell you. Go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to Guitar Wank and leave an amazing review. Lie if you have to. If you feel like you have to lie, lie, please lie. And then number two, uh, then you go to the website, which would be guitarwank at gmail.com. No, guitarwank.com. And uh, sign up for our subscription. Joe, John, do it, right? If your name is Joe or John, go do that. Um, Mr. Bonamassa, I know you want to sign up. Come on, Joe. Uh, Joe's going to come on the show soon. We're just trying to work out schedules. That'll be fun. Have Joe Bonamassa on the show. Me and Bruce will talk gear with Joe. <laughs> I know Bruce is going to love that. Are you? It was going to be fun. Um, so go to the website, sign up, subscribe. And then the last thing all you got to do is email me at guitarwank at gmail.com. Say, Troy, hey, uh, love the show, blah, 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 blah. I did all the three things. Make sure my name is in the hat, you Aussie bastard. And um, I actually have been getting quite a few Aussie bastards. And I, f- I accept them with love. So thank you so much. Uh, and that's it. Well, there you go. Uh, we're shitting a shovel. So uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Sit back, relax, or work out, or drive, or if you're going to work, I hope you have a fantastic day at work. Um, maybe you're sitting on the shitter and just uh, listening to the podcast. You might be going to bed. Whatever you're doing, it amazes me what people tell me what they're doing while they're listening to Guitar Wank. <laughs> I'm, I'm yet to have anyone say, I'm making love to my missus, and I choose to listen to Guitar Week. Tell you what, if I get that email, you might be getting surprised. You might be getting gifts for that one, because that would be amazing. I don't know how anyone could perform and actually listen to this at the same time. That would be pretty amazing, and you deserve something. All right, well, let's get back into the show. Mr. Adam Levy, thank you so much, mate, for coming on. And uh, Mr. Bruce Foreman, 
and myself shooting the shit over some lovely drinks. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week. All right, on your bike. We'll talk to you later. See you next week. Be safe. Remember, community, community, community. That's what Bruce preaches, and we should back it up. Let's look after each other out there. It's dangerous. All right, let's all come back next week. Out. And for those of you who've gotten my new video, know this, but um, we either fuck up because our chops won't keep up with our ears. Right. And that's a lifetime thing. Sure. You know, if you're going to be a musician, every day is about getting better. Right. And you're never going to catch it. No. It's just you're chasing it. Yeah. You know, but that doesn't alleviate you from the responsibility of making music with what you have today. Right. But the other reason you fuck up is because you just don't know the song. Right. And that's something you can fix. You can fix, for sure. Just get inside the song. Learn what it's got. Sure. You know, dig deep. Yeah. And all those that information will help you with every other song and will help your jobs. A- absolutely. That's my personal absolutely. feeling. Absolutely. You know, if you simplify it to that, it's like, whoa. Okay. Right. And then you know something that you can play with other people. If you get together with somebody and say, hey, let's all play the solo from Alucha. Yeah. Like, that's not going to happen. But if you if you get together with a bunch of people and say, hey, let's all play, you know. F Blues. F Blues. Or, right. or uh, I didn't know what time it was or whatever. Right. That's something everybody can play together. But a transcribed solo is just, you can learn so much from it. But it has nothing to do with like playing with people. No, you, I mean, once you know the tune, then that's the next step, you yeah. know, and then it makes sense to you. I mean, you can learn what people did, or you can learn how they learned it. I think you're better off learning how they learned. Absolutely, it. yeah, totally. You know, you can take that whole George Van Epps book, and if you like really get what's happening on the first page, you're going to be way better than somebody who memorizes the whole book. Right. If you really get what happens on the first page. Yeah. That's yeah. my belief. Yeah. You know, music comes out of magic places, you know, and you just can't pre. I mean, plus it's jazz. I mean, the whole idea of transcribing is like some sort of copying ritual that doesn't teach anything about dealing with reality, making shit up. You know, of course, you're going to screw it up when you try to play it, so you have to fix it. So I guess there is a certain amount of improvisation there. <laughs> kind of a weird sort of improvisation but salvage is part of improvisation <laughs> and uh you know i don't know i just i'm really big on my kids you know melody the song is the melody play the melody you hear the melody it has musical dna especially even if you if you know the words you know syllables all sound different guitars we just kind of plink a note you know people who play a horn or sing they use what we we're using now to communicate Absolutely. our voice, but a guitar we use kind of like what we fight with to mm. make music. <laughs> and so, in order to bring that nuanced articulation and rhythmic shading and dynamic shading, it really helps to have a you know a set of syllables with which to play a melody sure. to try and coax all those sounds out of your instruments so that when you go to make your own melodies 
you're reminded of that element of the musical DNA. It's not just notes and rhythms. Totally. I mean, that's my, that's my shit. That's the hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> <laughs> it's 100% true. It's a, I, yeah. That's one thing that's changed for me. I, I would hear people say that when I was younger and like, oh, yeah, no, we didn't, I didn't get it. Man. But I just wanted to burn, you know. I only got it really when I started singing. I mean, that's kind of was like the change for me is like, no, there's information there that you're not getting if you don't know what the words are, you know. Yeah. It's not just like what the words are <coughs> like the story but like you're talking about with syllables just the, the actual sound of things right you know um when did you so you when you were growing up was singing always there or it wasn't zero zero because i grew up loving the beatles right and i couldn't sing like john or paul i could kind of sing like ringo yeah, but I just thought that was the maybe I could do that. standard. I hadn't thought about that. I thought that was the standard. I mean, one thing those guys were amazing singers. Yeah. Well, Paul still is, but also I just was in a different register. I didn't understand that singers had different registers. I thought, well, this song goes like this. Mm. If you can't hit it, you I can't, can't hit do it. it. <laughs> then I thought I must be broken. Right. I'll stop singing now and just play my guitar. Oh, That's man. really true. Yeah. And yeah. so I never sang. I even had a girlfriend years ago who I was singing in the car to some pop song or something, and she was turning to me. She's like, "Oh, I never knew you couldn't sing." Yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh, it's true. Yeah. It's so true. it's true with me, Adam. Oh, as you know. You yeah. Know. Um, but so, I'm not gonna let it stop me anymore. No. Well, <laughs> then I was when I was playing with Nora. I got braver and started writing my own songs and singing. And now I sing a lot, and people seem to like it. I've actually gotten hired to do sessions where I'm just singing. Wow. That kind of blew one. my mind the first day that I ever like walk out. Somebody called me for a session. I'm like, well, what should I bring? And they're like, nothing. I just want you to sing. It's like, that's what? Really? That so, so cool. that's kind of been fun. And yeah. uh, But but now I understand what Bruce is saying. It's like, not just, of course you want to know what the story of the song is, but even on just a like sonic level, yeah. shaping I mean a T. Things. Okay. Yeah. yeah, an open E, yeah, a closed E, yeah. I mean, it's like it, you can play that. Yes, you, you can. Absolutely, you can. You know, but I mean, we never think about that as guitar players because it's so mechanical, right? Because our voice is so disconnected from it. Yeah, in a in a physical way. Yeah, but not in, not really. It's just con we need to conceptualize it yeah. differently. Yeah. So, so I, how did how did this the whole singing thing come about? I mean, was it a necessity or was it a passion that had been building? Not a passion at all. Wow. It was. Uh, I basically started. I, I sang a little bit in Tracy Chapman's band for job security. Basically, everyone in that <coughs> band was a great singer, right. and Tracy wanted to have a group vocal sound. So I learned to sing and blend, mm -hmm. but that was different. To, to blend with five other people was different than to stand up front and sing songs. Oh, so shit, yeah. that was a different thing. Yeah. Still hard. It's very, still hard. Very challenging. Very challenging. <clears throat> but when I was playing with Nora, what happened was I started writing songs at first with the idea to give her some songs. Because mm -hmm. she was open to it. She's like, man, if you got any songs, wow, you know. Wow, that's cool. 
And she did wind up, she recorded one of my songs on her second record. Yeah. It's a song called In the Morning. It's on her Feels Like Home record. And um, then I kept writing. She encouraged me to keep writing. But I've, as I wrote more, I realized I was getting farther away from her wheelhouse. Of right. Things that would actually make, you know, tell stories that would make sense for her. Right. I was like, shit, who's going to sing these songs? And eventually I had so many of them that I realized if... I, maybe I should just sing them. Like otherwise, they were just gonna stay. Now hold it. I, I, I'm trying to picture you writing a song. So you're singing and doing the song when you're writing it, right? Yeah. Are you Are you not saying? You know what? I could, I could pull this off. No. That's not coming no, into your head. No. no. I mean, I mean, wow. I, I can speak for me. Definitely, I can't speak for you, but. The answer, Bruce. Is I know no. you're the same, and I heard one of your songs it's that you no. wrote recently. I, mean, I was I like, got, "Wow!" I got two serious songs that I've written. One is in the red guitar, and I basically talk it. It's kind of a kaitan of a low, you know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't really sing it because it's super hard to sing. But mm -hmm. also, it's just like, I mean, comedy. I can sing comedy songs all day long because it's telling a joke. Right? Yeah. Doesn't even matter. I mean. I'm not really even singing. I'm telling a joke. It's all about the comedy. It's a joke that rhymes. Yeah, it's yeah. a joke that rhymes. It has a melody, but uh, yeah, that's not the this. You know, it's all about the timing. It's like like telling a good joke. You know, yeah. I feel real comfortable in that world. Mm -hmm. Far more comfortable than most singers do. Right. Yeah. But getting into these serious, serious songs, songs that I've written. Well, first of all, I don't have the equipment, <laughs> and second of all. Man, it hurts. Yeah, it. I'm telling stories that are really painful. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I get the end of it. I realize why I joke so much because it just hurts too much right. to be serious. Yeah, yeah. It just hurts. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm just because there's no other way. I mean, you people who know my playing know that. Like, there's. I'm not a guy who kind of holds back. Right. You get what you get, mistakes and all. I'm just gonna blast because I'm just here to play. Yeah. And and I do the same thing, even if I'm singing a serious song, you know. And it's mm -hmm. like, but I don't have a voice, and I don't uh, can't really control my pitch unless I got a monitor like blaring in my face. Mm -hmm. Then I can kind of dial in the pitches. But oh, wow. I just haven't learned that part. Like like good singers can just sing, and they like they know where all the notes are supposed. There's like yeah. a it's a beat. It's like just with us on the guitar. Sure. You put your hand here. You know what that's going to sound sure. like. Sure. And they sing a note, and they know, boom, that's going to be right in the money. You know of that yeah. note. Me, I haven't learned that, and it's I'm kind of old now, and it's right. an old box that's been beaten up and <laughs> doesn't have much tone to begin with. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I, I do this jazz, vocal jazz festival up in uh, Seattle. Frank DeMiro, who's this famous jazz vocal instructor dude. And uh, I'm kind of in the band, and I, they have after parties, and I always do entertaining, you know, and I mean, I play in the band, backing up all the singers and stuff. And one, one day, was, you know, we, I guess, he just decided to feature everybody in the band. He said, oh, we got Bruce, he's a singer-guitar player. <laughs> and I went, well, of course, I sang a funny song, you know, right. a comedy song. But I told my wife, who is a real singer, and I said, you know, I got introduced at a vocal jazz festival as a singer-guitar <laughs> player. She laughed so hard she peed in her pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> she goes, 
I've heard everything now. And not soon after, not long after uh-huh. that, I got called by this guy who somehow I got a, from a really good singer, I got a referral where I was paid $1,000 to sing one song at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy had written a song for his daughter and he needed a guy to get up and just do it. You know, they had a DJ. It was like, just get up there and play it and sing it. You didn't sing He Has a Penis. No, no, no. no. <laughs> That's a wedding. No, that would have been nice, though. And so, uh, and so uh, and, no, she has a penis. Oh, she has a penis. Yeah, Sorry. and so, uh, but he sent me the song and I learned it and I butchered it, you know. But I, I told him I was going to. I mean, I said, hey, look. Dude, there's probably plenty of YouTube of me singing comedy songs with my band Cowbop. You know, you'll—I'm sure you can find it. You know, but I was going to warn you. I'm not a good. I'm a really bad singer. I mean, I can kind of carry a tune. I'm where I'm strong is like I can play the guitar and I can time timing deliver lyrics. I can do that. It's just, if you want tone or pitch, if that's at all important to you, get somebody else. <laughs> Right now, don't get me, please. Don't get me. Don't put me in that position. And he like did his due diligence. I think because like a day or two later, he called me up, and I did this one song. <laughs> I live to tell about. I'm here. I'm here. And the check and the in bounce. Yeah, yeah. Was you know? it? I don't know. So think about that. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I know women, you know, singers here in town that are like looking at me like. What <laughs> did you starting? Because I, I, I think a lot of guitarists that if you didn't start singing, it's always there in the back of your mind. It's definitely a great tool to have, and if you can really sing and really play, man, the world is your oyster. Yeah. But when you started singing, how was like first gigs <coughs> and actually stepping into that realm for you? Like how nerve wracking was that? Super nerve wracking. My first gig. I call it, there's a club in the New York, it's not there anymore, but it was called The Living Room, and they featured singer-songwriters. Yeah. And I was friends with them, mostly through being a sideman. I yeah. played there hundreds of times as a sideman. I called them up, I said, hey, I got like 10 songs, could I come do a set on a Tuesday night or something at like 9? And they're like, yeah, sure, come do your songs. So, you know, I had my lyric sheets, <laughs> I had some whiskey. And I was just dripping sweat from note one. Not from like exertion of no, energy, no, but just, just flop, sweat. flop sweat. I was like, fuck, I'm going to tell stories now, personal stories. Wow. Can I sing? Can I write? Can I t-? It's just like all the insecurities I had about guitar, now there was like five other things. <laughs> like, can I write? What can I sing? Like you make guitar kind of your friend. Like that yeah. was normally a thing that you're kind of worried about. Now it's like, it's my best well, that's the one. That's my one, you know, the t- Titanic is sinking and now this is the one thing that floats that yeah, maybe yeah, I can yeah. hold on to. Right, yeah. And so it changed my perspective. But I got to the end of the set without too much, you know, Problems. You didn't electrocute yourself with all the water from no, the no. And then the sound guy comes up to me. You know, the house music comes up, and he goes, yeah. "Hey, man, the ten o'clock band canceled. Uh, do you want to do another set?" And I was like, "This is all the songs I have. I can't. I could do the same ten songs." He's like, "Yeah, I'll just do the same ten songs. It's cool." I was oh, like, "Wow." Okay, so I got another b- glass of whiskey or whatever <laughs> I was drinking, and I did the same ten songs. I sweated less. Yeah. I sang louder. I actually like 
met the mic you know yeah. like if the first set i was probably like six yeah. inches off the mic and i realized like no <coughs> this is well that was the best thing probably in the world to get yeah. to do it a yeah. second time right there i woke up the next day i had no voice left because I, I had no chops so i had completely yeah. shredded yeah. my voice but i felt like a new person it was really wow. like god that's like so beautiful such a moment of like you know cocoon and what is the word that i'm looking for of like you yeah, know. You know, a butterfly. You yeah. came out of the cocoon, man. You just like metamorphosis. Yeah, and uh, I never looked back, and I've never taken a vocal lesson, but I've just you know worked on it and worked on it and worked yeah. on it. I lived in New York at this time, and I used to go sing in the subway because you had to sing louder. Yes, yeah. people, you know, there's no mic, so you had to sing over the trains and the no, people. You walk in the subway, just set playing. up camp, and start playing. Yeah. With to me, that's with acoustic guitar. Or did you bring like a guitar. little PA? That's really ballsy. To me, that's really ballsy to I'd do. I do that. Yeah, I felt. I, you know, I didn't think about it too much. If I had right. thought about it, probably would have yeah. not done it. But I was like, okay, I can't. The, the living room's only going to book me. You know, once every two months. <laughs> I need to get better faster. Right. So I just would go down there that's and I would do sets. So cool. Didn't make much money, but it wasn't the point. The point yeah. was like, I want to sing louder. And I the great thing is, the audience goes by, so you can like do the same songs over and exactly, over and over exactly. And, and you know, I tried to make eye contact. I tried to sing <coughs> louder. I tried to be more free. Like at first, everything was kind of in lockstep between my voice and my guitar. And over time, I learned to kind of free it up. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not Joao Gilberto, but like that was kind of like the idea. It was like. Can you make the guitar feel really solid and yet make the vocal feel very, you know, languorous? Yeah. So yeah. that's been kind of the thing I've worked that's on. That's an interesting thing. I mean, I have literally, I got to admit, no problem with that. You yeah. know, I mean, I've got that separation yeah. ability. My, my problem with singing is far from that. <laughs> but yeah. it's big. Yeah. You know, I mean. I, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but today I kind of feel with all the singing shows, just hearing another great singer sometimes is just like, oh. Yeah. It's like, fucking who cares? Yeah. Right? Who yeah. cares? I actually, I love, as much as you hate your voice, Bruce, I love hearing it because it's just fucking honest. Yeah. It's so, it's so raw and honest. It's just as real as you're going to get. It's like yeah. when Johnny Cash did that last album with Rick Rubin. Of course. It's like, fuck, man, you can't get any more. Don't you love it? Yeah. Oh, when he sings, is it um, the Nine Inch Nails song? Yeah, her. You just like fuck. I mean, and he's right. got hardly any voice, right? But it's, or Anita O'Day oh. in those last days when she was just horrible, but yeah, she, it was all still behind it, you know. And and she was doing it because it was the thing she loved most on earth, yeah. and you could feel it. Yeah, it trans trans. You know, here that. was this woman who was like a goddess. On every level, and then you know she had that horrible thing with her throat and the surgery, and she came out of it. But she's well, she needed money too, I think. But no, she just wanted to keep singing because yeah. that's what she loved to do. And she just tried to create workarounds because that's what we do in jazz. Oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's the beauty of this. Of, of to me, that's the spirit of jazz. You know, and why I, it's funny why I guess I'm now drawn to solo playing and junkyard duo. Well, junkyard duo has no bass. It's just me and a percussionist. Yeah. So now, 
any arranging or anything that happens is just me. Yeah. So I like no charts, no whatever. I just in solo, I just make it up as like you know. It's like yeah. It's like it on the one hand, it's like beautiful to be free, and on the other hand, it's scary as shit because like I'm sitting there playing in front, and we got like him in the front row, and I'm like going. God, I gotta think of something to play here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have something that's gonna impress him right now that I can think of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. well, I'll just play something, see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. You know, I mean, I know that I'm not gonna crash and burn. So, <laughs> you know, it's just like, well, we're here together. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we're all trying to sing through it. The, the really, I think, the players that I have always loved and admired and respected have that in common. They're all trying to sing through their instruments. Yeah. Yeah. And and I really don't appreciate singers who are trying to be an instrument with their voice. Mm. I don't get it. Mm. Are you, what, scatting? Well, I don't mind scatting. But the scatting that is sort of the geeky side of the musicians who like are disconnected from the heart of the music and are more into the technical geekitude mm. of the harmonic you know lickage and all mm-hmm. that shit mm-hmm. those kind of singers i mean it's like blows my mind here you're already a singer you're doing what we want to do to th- in the first place right. and you're trying to do what we do badly <laughs> right it's right. like why do you want just get a guitar get a saxophone you know yeah. what i mean yeah totally <laughs> that's a good yeah. point i mean that's, that's my feeling you know and, and like endings I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, <clears throat> if i have one problem and it's and i get i i own it Honestly, is you know, I, mean, I was raised by Ray and Barney. Mm. They were like intro and ending Nazis. Mm-hmm. You don't play a song unless you set it up or like make it happen from word one, and you don't finish it off unless you finish it off. Nothing fizzles out. Nothing just well, whatever. That's like not. That is like no. It's not allowed. And I, I embrace that concept as personally as well. But, of course, it was beaten into me. <laughs> and, um, and you know, you play with a singer, and, you know, you'll get to the end of, like, Bye Bye Blackbird, and it's like, Blackbird, bye bye, right? We need that. Mm-hmm. And they go, Blackbird, bye, be-ba-do-ba-do-ba-do-ba-do-ba. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do <laughs> on my guitar? <laughs> I cannot go, bye. You know right. I, mean? I can't do their right. job. Right. And they've just done my job. So I'm just kind of like, it's like clear, you know, it's as if we've got the cardiac paddles here and no yeah. one's to get shocked, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I just kind of wait around until, is it okay to play a chord now? Well, we just shat on the ending, you realize, because Blackbird by... <laughs> whatever right it's not the song but man i have to say no, no not to cut the but singer's extra slack but
so there's extra slack. But that is a problem that a lot that everybody changing lanes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Like I I had a guy come to me for a lesson today. It's very interesting. I didn't realize it till he showed up. He plays baritone sax. Usually when people email me and say I want to take a lesson, I assume they're going to show up with a guitar case. Yeah. Guy walks in. I was like. Oh, that's interesting. He carries his guitar in a baritone sax case. Yeah. And then he opened it up and, this is a baritone sax. Wow. And, you know, he actually, he played great. He really played great. But one of the thing, reasons he wanted to take a lesson and one of the things we talked about is that people play, and this is true of singers, but I think it's true of guitar players and other people too, is like, they feel like they have to do all the work of like they play the bass like what you like you say what you did the other day like you know leave space for the bass player like let people do the stuff that's there to do if you're in a string quartet like a classical string quartet and you play second violin and you start playing the viola player's shit <laughs> you're out you're done yeah. you you play the second violin part that's it yeah. and you know I, I I'd love for anybody who's learning how to play music to appreciate like it's okay to leave sp to appreciate that the bass player is already doing something the drummer is already doing something you don't have to play all that stuff right. you have to you have to play time and and be responsible for the time <coughs> but you don't have to go ding ding a ding on the guitar no, like, nor, so, nor play the bass thing. nor play the bass line yeah. it's cool if you can it's a cool party trick and it's all we all love to do it but try to train your ears to appreciate the fact that the conversation is happening right. and not to try and like do you know you don't have to be abbott and costello <laughs> just be abbott or costello right you know you don't have to be all four of the four freshmen you know you don't have to etc like it's and music yeah music is best when it's democratic yeah and you know even if you're playing solo then you've got the audience right and they can hear what's right. going on once you get the time going you don't have to keep playing it they're yeah. feeling it yeah. right all you can really do is stop it right right yeah, I remember reading an interview with Mark Rebo years ago, and he said that like, there's, if you're playing for an audience, it's not a solo show. It's you're you're having a, a duo with the audience's imagination. Like, right. there's music going on in yeah. their imagination, and play with that, yeah. you know. But you don't don't feel like you're having to, you know, constantly it's not like porno where you, know. you have to do every little thing, and it doesn't have to be contrived. Right. You know, you can leave some things up to the imagination. Of course, yeah, of course. That's why they always say, "What well, the great players, it's what they don't play." Right. Just, you know, leave that space. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's really true. You know, even I was thinking about this on the way over about chords. I, I've been trying to play this uh, monk ballad called "Ugly Beauty," and um, a really super simple thing like. There's a couple places in it where he plays a 13 flat 9 voicing. And it sounds like there's, I think there's no third in it. Like if you were playing it on the guitar from low to high, there's a G13 flat 9. It's the second chord in the song. And if you just played G on the, the low E string, and then F, and then A flat, and then E, open E, and don't play the B, 
no guitar player would leave out that B because you think, oh, cool, it's an E triad. And right, right. But like, if you leave it out, it sounds actually more like what Monk's playing, mm. and it really opens the guitar up. So space is not just rhythm space, but even harmonic, harmonic space. space. Yeah. Like, take a four-note chord that you know and try and leave out one of the middle two notes and see see what the effect is. Yeah. It's, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Are you um, with the live shows you're doing nowadays? <coughs> vocals are part of the thing now um yes and no like this wednesday residency i'm doing with larry goldings i'm not singing just because i don't want to set up a pa i just don't want to do it and yeah. I also we don't rehearse i want to be able to just launch into a tune and we play it or larry can start a thing with my songs i don't sing standards i sing your stuff my stuff yeah so there has to be some rehearsal mm -hmm. So it's not that, but like when I was on tour in Australia, yeah, I was singing my songs. I, I did a tour in Japan with a Japanese pickup band and I sang my songs and they learned my songs. Oh, wow. And so I would say like half of the live shows I do, I sing, and the other half are instrumental. And just in the last year or two, I've started to feel more comfortable about mixing them. Mm -hmm. When I first started singing, I didn't want to, I was, I didn't want to be like, like, what if Bill Frizzell suddenly started singing? Like, people would probably <laughs> be like, nah, I don't want to hear that. I just want to well, hear... Well, look, look how they're doing with Kurt. See, I don't even know. There's a whole kind of a... A lot of people are, you know, like, I don't want to hear him sing or hear him play. Right. You know? So that voice was already in my head when I started singing. So I decided I'm just going to write, like, songs with three or four chords and learn how to sing and play and do all that. I'm not, it's going to be completely unrelated to what people might think of me as an instrumentalist. Mm. But over the years, it's, I finally started to feel like those two things don't have to be different universes. I can sing a song that I wrote and then I can play something instrumental that may be some, you know, a, like, it doesn't have to be so... So separate. No, and that people who like me, you know, all three of them, hi mom, um, uh, the people who like me hopefully will like all of that stuff because yeah. it's all me. It's, it's nothing I do is contrived, you know. Yeah. So if you like what I do instrumentally and you like my songs, that maybe those two circles of people aren't as different as I thought they needed to be. It, you know, at the end of the Amen, day, man. you know. Amen. I just got to, I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> well, you, you can't know? do both. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the same with the red guitar. You know, here I am embarking, I mean, I've written novels my whole life. I've written, you know, I want to embrace that. And I can talk while I can play. You know, it's a skill I have. And I mean, I want to build this show that's like telling people what it's like inside. You know, like, you ever wonder what it's like on the other side of my guitar? I will yes. tell you. Yeah. I will share it with you. And I'm thinking the people who dug like just what I do when I get up and play, hopefully some of them will come along for the ride. Of course. And, you know, and I like telling, I'm a comedian too. <coughs> and, you know, they seem to enjoy that. And the ones that think that like jazz, there's no room for comedy, well, then I'm going to lose them, you know. And um, sorry. Hmm. Really sorry. I mean, it, I'll miss you. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a good one. Yeah. Well, the red guitar. Red guitar this week, but of course, well, by now by this one, it's like, well, it, was, it, it was last week. Last week, right. Maybe it's streaming. Check right. it out. Yeah. Adam, you've got your gig still probably by now. Yeah. And you, I'm sure there'll be another because 
I have students that come to me this week. Two students came to me and said, man, I was at Adam's gig, and I heard it, it was so great, and guess what, I was sitting next to Blake Mills. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, to them, you have no idea. It's like you made the difference of like, now they're part of the community. Wow. In their mind. Wow. That changed them. That's cool. That is I'm really, really cool. I'm really glad. Two of them. Wow. That's it's so like cool. They went to that gig, and they were just like, and I was sitting there, we were talking, you know, and it was like, Blake was interested in what they were doing, and well, you know and yeah. they were digging you, and it was just life changing. I mean, we know when we had those moments. Oh hell yeah! So it's really beautiful. Yeah, that's kick ass. That's really cool. So next, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, I could see you at the bar. Which bar is it? It's ETA. called ETA. ETA in, in Highland Park. Highland Park. Okay, ETA. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, <clears throat> Adam, it's been beautiful. It was a real pleasure, mate. It was such a pleasure to sit down with you. I I could sit with you guys for another four hours. I really could do it. It's easy. And it's so awesome to hear the stories and back and forth. And there's so many golden nuggets tonight mm. that I think the listeners will learn a lot. Yeah, what do we care? Great. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> thanks for having me. I really Man, appreciate it. Was, it was such it. a pleasure. So I can't wait to come and see you play. Um, hopefully see you at NAMM. Guitar tips. Yeah, guitar tips on YouTube, or if you want to go pro, go pro. It's guitartipspro.com. Right, guitartipspro.com. Yeah. Um, you do Skype lessons, you yep. do lessons. Blueberry we can come blogs. and have a lesson with you. Yes, live. absolutely. You do all of that. Yep. Yeah. Kick Records ass. on bandcamp.com. Bandcamp.com. I want to check that out. I, yeah. I get their emails and I always delete it because I didn't take the time to really check them out. And There's now I'm going to. Cool stuff. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. TuneCore, I was like, oh, it's kind of. Do they care if you're already on like CD Baby? No? no. You could be on both? Yeah, totally. They don't know. They don't. It's very independent. Like you run it. Like that's what's so cool about it. It'd be like if you learned to write code and built your own website. Wow. It's just you do it. Um, we, we do everything else. Why not have that control as right. well, right? Yeah. Why not? Really? Makes a lot of sense. I yeah. love it. Really cool, man. Really cool. You have um, this newfangled shit is <laughs> <laughs> disturbing in some way. You get to sign the guitar wank Telecaster. Oh, please. wow. Yeah. So cool. take that and sign the back of it. And you please. get a mug. And you get a guitar wank mug. And picks. <laughs> and picks. Wow. We are just like the one stop shop guitar wank. This is. Let's see here. If we had coasters, Richard I'm going to give you. Albert you'll be the Lee. first person wow. that I ever Val. give my Guitar Wank business card to. Wow. Because they're brand new. Fucking yeah. I can, love this graphic. Isn't it cool? Yeah. That was done by the guy who's the art director on The Simpsons. Oh, How cool wow. Is that? That's incredibly cool. Wow. I'm like one, one, two steps away from The Simpsons. Yeah. That's so cool. All right. I'm just, I'm not sure even where to go here, but... Uh, yeah, find a space. And yeah, right. do your thing, man. All right. Um, yeah, we're going to have coasters. Yeah, we're going. We might incorporate in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might dissolve. <laughs> dissolve. <laughs> wow, man. Isn't that cool? That's super fucking cool. Um, yeah, and that, that is your guitar mug. Over yeah. there, guitar really? with mug. Oh man! We hope you don't spit in it too much. And 
and guitar wing picks because what wow. actually what do you use when you play do you play more finger guy or i use my fingers a lot right um, i have been trying different picks the thing i'm I've got two right now that I'm trying. Uh, one I really love, which I actually had guitar tips pro picks made. If I have yeah. one, I'll give you one. Um, they're these Ultex triangle oh, I picks. Love those, yeah. So this is I only shoot. I only have one. Oh wow! So that's I've been I think using. I've got that. one of them. And then I also have been using uh, these Golden Gate uh, mandolin picks. Oh. Which is I love. It looks just, like tortoise. Yeah, and it's there's no sharp. It's three soft shoulders. Ooh, so Ooh. I like that. Because I started doing what, what Scott does. Use the back end. Yeah. Use the back end. See, these are all back end. Right. These are all back end. Yeah. What a concept. Yeah. I can't go to the front end now. <laughs> I feel like it's really fucked me up. Yeah. I enjoy the back end so much. Yeah. Well, if you like the front end, the Ultex picks are great because they're front end, but it's got a cool sound. If you like the back end, I feel like these mandolin picks. I mean, keep it if you think you would. Yeah, what do you use? I'm really curious. I'm using the Prime Tone Dunlops. Oh, okay. If you know about those, probably. Those Those are great too. Yeah. You know. Wow. Oh, God, great. So these are mandolin picks. They are. Wow. And what makes a difference between a mandolin and a guitar pick? Um, there's no point. It's three oh, soft okay. shoulders. Wow. Um, you yeah. see, the problem sometimes with th- thicker picks and softer shoulders, at least when you play with loud bands, yeah, is you don't get enough brightness. You know, okay. you, you know, like it gets doesn't project. Yeah. To the front of the band, although you know, playing solo, the back end of the pick is always more pleasing. Oh, you know? I could see you've used the. Be- I can I? They're beveled. They're already I see, beveled. When I you see. Get them. Okay. So I oh, use I the see. front mostly. Now, do you use? Are you swapping picks for different tones or different things or different feels, vibe, or what are you doing there? In the studio, yeah. If I'm playing on somebody else's record, I have at home this like kind of Everybody jar, does. Yeah, right? And I'll just reach in and grab a bunch and just see what's going to happen because. Like, for example, acoustic guitar with a mic right on it, I'll use the lightest pick I have. Okay. Because I don't need the sound to project across the room. I only need it to project three inches to the microphone. Um, If I'm playing uh, something else, I might want a blunt instrument, you know. Um, They all have a different bite depending on if it's beveled or if it's just cut. You know, depending on actually how the pick is manufactured, you're going to get different... You know, teeth or not teeth. Yeah. Um, the thickness matters. The material matters. If it's just me playing for, you know, trying to express the way I hear the guitar, the, these, um, it's either my fingers, which I love because nobody else has them. You can't, yeah. not available in any store. <laughs> uh, That's a good point. And um, and then these Saga Golden Gate mandolin picks, I really. I love them. Of course, a year ago, I said that about a different pick. And right. a year, so it, that could change, but right now... Prime tones are great, too. I You'd think the them. prime tones... I, I've used them, but I was using the triangle prime tones. Oh, I haven't tried... The regular the Fender regular style. Fender yeah. style 351 mm-hmm. cut. Um, I don't know. I, uh, it's really all of the player. You know, we yeah. all like those little things that we've noticed... 
even our friends sitting in the front row don't hear it. You know, exactly. I mean, you know, it's like, what are we saying? How we're saying it? Yeah. Who's behind it? Yeah. You know, but it's all about it's all about getting us closer. Yeah, to but, our, but but feeling comfortable yeah. that you are getting what you yeah. want. That's yeah. the whole idea of gear, right. right? And so that that's all it is. And lucky for me, you know, picks are a fairly inexpensive way to to like yeah. f- hang out and like figure shit out. Like yeah. you, even just the next bump up strings is you know the price of a pick compared to the price of a set of strings is like you know many fold, and then you know then you get into cables and all kinds and of crazy stuff. but th- but this is a fun you know it's yeah. fun you could i love it when i'm on the road especially not in america yeah. to go into a guitar shop and just see what picks they might have that that you can't get at guitar center in hollywood right yeah and or find some old stash of fender picks that like you don't see anymore with like a slightly different thing or whatever but at you, the end have you gotten the thumb pick at all have you ever no, tried the thumb i never thumb tried thumb no. pick but to Bruce's point, I mean, everybody knows this, but it's just, it's just a funny thing. Is like, I remember when I was touring with The Billionaire, I got to meet Joe Walsh, who's kind of a hero of mine. Oh, yeah, right. And I jammed with him once what? on stage. Oh, like, I was jamming with Joe. And after the after he came up, I was like, hey, man, can I get one of your guitar picks? I was kind of embarrassed, but I was also yeah. like, it's Joe Walsh. <laughs> right. And he gave me this pick, and I met him a couple years later. I was like, Joe, man, I still got this pick. He's like... Oh, that's not what I usually use. I don't know what that is. It's like it was just some throw. It was some. He probably found it on the floor of a Shakey's Pizza or something. It wasn't even like a pick he knew or cared about. It didn't have anything special no about it. it. Yeah. But it was a super thin red nylon pick, and um, I just thought that's it. That's the fucking secret to Joe Walsh. And he he just laughed. He's like. <coughs> Oh, I don't use those. I don't know what that is. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. It's like, yeah. He's a guy I'd love to sit down and just like pick his brain for oh, man. days. He just, there's something about his playing that is just, you know, for all the drugs and the abuse and that he's done, just to still be who he is. And yeah. it's, it's awesome. I'm I such a him. fan of his. Yeah, he's great. It's really cool. How, did you have, did you get to have a lot of interaction with the, eagles when you guys were doing no that? there's signs everywhere backstage basically like do not talk to the eagles <laughs> the only interaction we, I, joe walsh was cool yeah um one time don henley rode on jim's jet with us because it was just easier than riding on the tour bus so we talked for a minute or whatever yeah. it wasn't none of those guys were that chummy but they, but that they were cool. My impression is it would be hard to work for them. Like you hear horror stories. Like if you're, you know, if you work for Don Henley, it's probably a tough ride. It's a nightmare. But I don't work for him. I didn't yeah. work. I was, you know. So he was pretty cool, actually, to right. us. Joe Walsh actually would like hang out at Soundcheck and like say, wow. you know, be like, "Hey, man, I dig that thing." Like he, he's a dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, despite being an eagle, he's a dude. He's a you dude, know. Yeah. I love that they've got uh, Vince Gill out with them. You know. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. When I... S- you mean in the band? Yeah. When I saw them, Stuart Smith was out with them. who's a really he's, tremendous He's guitar. still with them. And Vince Gill? And Vince... Fuck. And um, uh, Glenn Fry's son. Wow. So they brought cool. in Vince and just to help with Glenn Fry's son and that. But Vince is, to me, the perfect choice to step into those kind of shoes. You know? Wow. But... Um, I'd love, I never got to see Well, honestly, I wouldn't have thought that, but 
that makes me think about Vince Gill differently. That's cool. Somebody just told me that this guy, Je uh, um, what's his name? Je Je shoot, he's an incredible drummer. Uh, Stacy, uh, um, the heck is his name? Anyway, he's playing with King Crimson now. And at first I was like, no way, that's not the right guy. But all accounts are like, he's just crushing it. Wow. So you just never know. Like, I wouldn't have thought of Vince Gill, actually, for the Eagles. But, of course, he's tuneful, sings great, sings plays great. great. He's a monster. Oh, well, that yeah, monster. you know no he has that music. Yeah, no doubt. Like, yeah. not to, but, like, well, that's cool. Yeah. He got the cold. He'd give up his own thing for that. You know. Wow. He could do whatever he wants. And he to. could, yeah. That'd be a fun it. gig. I mean, playing with the Eagles, fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. F fuck, you know. Fuck, we, yeah. I got to interview. Uh, They're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, are they doing the Super Bowl? Yeah. Uh, why not? I mean, I didn't know that, but sure. Well, I got to interview uh, Dr. Z. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I called him and interviewed him over the phone and that. And he started making amps for Joe. Oh, That's wow. how he got I his kind of one of, he was, he kind of grew up, I think they went to the same school or something or same area or, but he was telling me the Joe stories and Joe was kind of the original guy that, hey, build these amps you know and then obviously brad paisley and that but um he just told me all these cool joe Sto joe walsh stories and i was just like damn you know oh man I'll t i i know we've sort of you know it's funny bruce was saying about having like a you know ray brown and barney kessel told him to have like you know you have to have clear endings and we, we keep kind of like winding out but i i'll tell you a, a joe walsh story that he told me that the james gang was an accident that he would sing in the James Gang. When the James Gang started, it was like five or six guys. Really? And they there was a singer, and he wasn't the singer. And they got their first real gig out of town. And the five of them got in a van, and there were so many egos that by the time they actually got to the gig, two of the guys quit the band before they even played their first gig. And so they showed up, and Joe Walsh was just the lead guitar player. He wasn't the singer, but they had a gig. And so it was like him and bass and drums. And he's like, well, fuck, I'll just sing the first verse, and then we'll jam. And then I'll sing the first verse at the end, and that's it. We'll be done. And that was their first gig. And that became the James Gang wow. as, a, as, a, as a power trio. It wasn't by design. It was by, you know artistic differences That's awesome i i watched that video is it is it walk away or what if the one he's just the three of them are playing and it's it's just it's perfect rock and roll you know three of them and joe's there and he's this skinny 20 something year old kid and the marshall's just cranked and he's just going for it this like yeah two gives a fucks about anything and you can tell they're just so raw and beautiful you're like wow man that was that's it that's that moment in time that we all go through that at that young age where like it's all ugh, and then you get older and you're like you look back and wow yeah. <laughs> we all had that and it just yeah but we also have something now i mean it's like Which is Bruce awesome said too. before about how you know you're always thinking about in like miles in dingo and you always think about like you know if you're out in the freaking outback you wish you were on 52nd street but you have to appreciate what's happening right you know here yeah in the now right yeah all yeah. in the now that's the that's what jazz means to me in, in a nutshell 
That's the de definition of jazz, being in the moment, making it up, living the life, telling your story, being open to the possibilities, giving of yourself, being vulnerable, you know, that challenging yourself just to make it work. To me, that's the, that's the message. Mm. That's how you think what all those guys really wanted to leave behind. And I think they might be horrified to find out what has happened. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I really do. It's like Jesus might come back and go, you did what in my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. They, just, they just don't make Jews like Jesus anymore. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. That's, that's what funny. Did, what, did, what did Jesus say when they, when they undid his hands on the cross? Mm -hmm. My feet, my feet. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I didn't mean to go down that road. Oh, I'm there sorry, there you go. Can of wins. And that's a perfect note, Adam. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really, sir. It was man. such a pleasure. Thank yeah, you so my much, brother. I can't wait to come and see you play. Real pleasure, mate. And um, guitar wank. We'll see you guys. There'll all be next a couple. Week. Of, we'll do the first one, and then the rest of these will be lovely little surprises for people as cool. we go down yeah. the road. Cool. And uh, yeah, we'll, I'll make sure. Uh, if you have any tunes. The, we'll, we'll insert them. We'll in insert them okay. if you want. Just send them. If, if you can yeah. get us some. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Music. Okay. And if, you know, it can be just a snippet or a whole tune, whatever you want, okay. whatever you're comfortable with. Okay. And great. any links you want to send me. Okay. Great. I'd love to promote. Great. I so, appreciate yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome. That's what we do. All right. She came to me in my darkest hour That's when I knew she had the power To lift me up, still my heart Now I never want to be apart Listen people and I'll tell you more about her I got my joy, I got my joy I wake up every morning a satisfied boy I got my joy, I got my joy Going to make some noise, going to raise my voice Like a baby with a brand new Late at night When the city sleeps I'm thankful for the gentle soul Laying next to me I'm not afraid I'm not ashamed And I just want to sing her name So listen people And I'll tell you all About her I got my joy, I got my joy I wake 
Satisfied boy 